0: A lot of Missouri fans sure seem convinced that Kobe Brown is set to return next year, but I have to say, I I just don't think it's that clear of a decision. Plus, DRF gets a one-year contract extension. And what if Brady Cook is the starter next year? Coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football. And basketball. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And thanks for sending a friend to lockedonmizzou.com for all your links to audio podcasts, to YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you know what? I was just actually checking out the Locked On newsletter, the NFL draft version. You can check it out yourself, by the way, by going to LockedOnPodcast.com slash newsletters or scanning the QR code on your screen right now. But the reason this is relevant to Missouri and Kobe Brown is because I noticed, well, the big news right now, at least around the NFL draft circles, is that former Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker is really skyrocketing up the draft boards. And it wasn't too long ago, just even two, three weeks ago, where the consensus around Hendon Hooker, was that he was a day two type draft pick, and well, that's the consensus with Kobe Brown in the NBA draft right now. Not a day two draft pick, but same language for a different, a different for a similar result, I should say. Which is Kobe Brown is projected to be a second round NBA draft pick. Right now, Well, all of a sudden, Hendon Hooker is being projected to go by some as high as 23 to the Minnesota Vikings or even number 20th overall in the first round to the Seattle Seahawks. Heck, I could even see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19 falling in love with him. Lord knows they need a quarterback at this point as well. And again, the reason I bring this up is that I just think that too many Mizzou fans right now are assuming far too much when it comes to Kobe Brown. And indeed, if he's if he's a mid to late second round or undrafted player, well then, yeah, the odds of him coming back to Missouri are really strong. Because even just on a two-way contract, which means you can be called up and down from the, the big NBA to the little NBA, if you will, the NBA's developmental league, well, that's about a half a million dollars. And Yes, in this name, image, and likeness world of which apparently Missouri basketball is doing pretty doggone well in terms of the actual money they're putting out there this season, this offseason in particular, well, yeah, half a million bucks, I'm sure Missouri's NIL world can be very competitive with that. But at the same time, again, I bring up Hendon Hooker because... Why is Hendon Hooker moving up the draft boards? How can this possibly be? He hasn't played a game since the end of the season, and in fact, he can't even work out. Hooker has a torn ACL he's, that he's that has been surgically repaired. He's still recovering from. Well, that's because it's not about his athleticism. It's not about his 40 time, his ability to bench press or squat three 500 pounds like Anthony Richardson did or anything like that. No, it's him. It's the guy. It's his personality and his leadership capabilities. And it's also a further studying of the tape as well because, well, obviously every head coach in the middle of the NFL season and the GMs as well, they're focused on that team. Now in the offseason, more of those resources obviously are going to the draft and draft study. So it makes all the sense in the world that over the subsequent months here that opinions change evaluations change, guys move up and down the draft boards. I've seen a lot of fans act like, well, this is silly. You should just have it set in stone after the season or something. That's just ridiculous. Imagine if you had two months to put together, if there was two months between the the selection Sunday and the start of the NCAA tournament, how many times you would change your opinions in those two months versus the three days you have now. I know, a silly example, but you see my point. And again, if these NFL guys, if they like Hendon Hooker, well, guess what? They're going to like Kobe Brown in the NBA too. People are going to really like that young man in the room. He's got, if you like character, well, Kobe Brown's got plenty of it. I haven't seen anybody who said anything bad about him whatsoever. And then just on the basketball court period, well, it's not the same thing as quarterbacks because there is, every year there is some quarterback because The the situation in the NFL, there's so many quarterback needy franchises right now. Well, there's always some of those guys who emerge. There's usually one guy who ends up jumping into the first round that maybe wasn't projected to do so previously. Well, shooting in the NBA, guys who can shoot the basketball, especially with size at like six foot nine, which Kobe Brown legitimately is, well, that's always going to be coveted. Again, not as much as a star quarterback, of course, but again, shooting with legitimate size is always going to be coveted in the NBA, the way the game is played right now. Again, too many people, in my opinion, are focusing on what Kobe Brown can't do versus what he can do. And not every NBA player, every good NBA rotation player, for instance, or even every NBA Hall of Famer is some above the rim player who is going to be in the slam dunk contest or block three and a half shots a game or something like that. That's not the type of guy that Kobe Brown is, and he never will be, but he is a guy with a lot of basketball skill, a guy who showed he can knock down three pointers this year in a lot of different ways, from catching it in the corner to having it at the top of the key, off the dribble too, and also a really good free throw shooter as well, that tends to say that that seems pretty sustainable. So as long as he can still hit the NBA range three-pointer, I think he's going to be a little bit more in demand maybe than people think. And I'm really not predicting anything here. This isn't me predicting that Kobe Brown is going to go to the NBA and not return to Missouri. I just don't believe 100% in any consensus yet in the draft. All the years I've followed, the NBA draft, you know, once you get past the top five, the top fifteen or so, especially at this point when the NBA playoffs haven't even started yet, I just wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into a lot of a lot of those projections. Remember Damari Carroll, by the way, a guy that I think Kobe Brown can maybe mold his future NBA game off of a little bit well nobody was expecting him to be a first round pick at the start of the NCAA tournament either but a deep a deep run by Missouri in March helped him get there among other things and well Damari ended up actually being the last pick of the first round the year he was drafted if memory serves correctly so I think I think obviously the talent level in pro basketball has gotten even better since then so that hurts Kobe but to me Kobe proved a lot more as a shooter than Damari Carroll would eventually do at the NBA level, so I really think Kobe has a better chance than most Missouri fans do. My point here is don't start don't start assuming or counting your chickens just yet and coming up, I want to continue my series on the hypothetical quarterback scenarios. I already did all the breakdown of what happens if Sam Horn is the starter. Well, let's do Brady Cook. This time, but first, I want to tell you that the NBA playoffs are almost here, and that means it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because you guessed it, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the winner of the Masters. And I kind of like Sung J. M. at 50 to 1. He's always been one of my favorite players here the last 3 or 4 years or so, but regardless of what you're into, FanDuel lets you even combine all types of bets for an even bigger payout with a same game, same game a parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So let's assume for the sake of this next discussion that Brady Cook is fully healthy and ready for fall camp this coming season and wins the job outright. What dominoes are going to then fall as a result of this? Well, as with yesterday's hypothetical scenario, that was Sam Horn being named the starter out of fall camp, obviously that means there's a good chance that Jake Garcia, the Miami University transfer, well, he transfers maybe again this coming off season. But I will say there is less of a chance and maybe significantly less of a chance if Cook wins the job than if Sam Horn were to win the job. Because obviously if Garcia were behind Horn, then there would be no real path to a starting job for Garcia. Obviously Horn has not even burned one year of eligibility at Missouri here. And then obviously Cook would be different, not only in terms of eligibility years, but in terms of competition as well. That would signal that Missouri isn't over the moon with Sam Horn and that, well, next season Garcia could still have a chance. And that's important because I would have to assume, at least for now, that Garcia would have to sit out a year if he were to transfer again. Would he get a waiver for some reason if, I don't know, if Eli Drinkwitz were to lose his job, something like that? Who knows? The waiver thing is a, is a total mystery to me. So really, I just assume everybody gets a waiver until they don't. Obviously, there have been some... I've said obviously too many times in this segment. There have been some notable notable exceptions to that, like Ben's Polgar last season, the Buffalo center transfer. Still going to be on the roster for this season, but well, he didn't play last season. So that is one example of the waiver not getting through. But Again, back to our hypothetical scenario. What if Brady Cook wins this job once again? Well, you might think that means that Sam Horn would almost certainly transfer as well, but I'm not so sure. Sam is a bit of a unique case because unlike Garcia, who he has a lot in common with in terms of high school pedigree, well, Horn has a different sport that he plays. and Again, normally, yes. You would assume Horn would transfer if Cook is named your your full-time starter and stays that way the rest of the year. But indeed, baseball and his status in that sport complicates things a lot because Mizzou might well have been the biggest program, athletic department in the country that would have also permitted Horn to play baseball along with football. And You know, say he's going to transfer, where else could he do both at this level? I just don't know that there's an obvious thing there. Still probably a better chance to do both at Missouri than anywhere else. Again, it's not as though Brady Cook is a true freshman or something. He has one, perhaps two more years of eligibility. Again, forgive me, the COVID thing throws all this into a bit of mystery at times. But bottom line is, if Brady Cook is named the starter, well, The transfer decisions for those guys behind him would actually be a little bit complicated and they'd be a lot more obvious, at least for Jake Garcia, if Sam Horn were named the starter. Now, as for the offense itself, again, if we're assuming that Cook is fully recovered from his torn labrum operation, I'm not assuming that, by the way. This is just, again, for the sake of discussion. But if that happens, well, I think, obviously, Brady will be more effective as a passer this season, but I also think you could be looking at a potential 1,000-yard rusher as well. I believe Cook had about 800 yards rushing if you get rid of sacks last year. So, again, I'm not including sacks here. That's the problem with college football is you, you take a sack on a passing play, and somehow that counts against your rushing stats. Never really understood that one, but hey, it is what it is. But regardless... I think you'd see Cook running the ball a ton next year. That's when Missouri was at its most effective. And I think, if anything, there was a few games there where after Cook initially injured his shoulder in Week 2 against Kansas State, maybe Missouri was a little bit hesitant to call as many runs design-wise, and maybe Cook was a little bit hesitant to keep it on the backside of some read plays as well. So I actually think... Cook wins the job, you're going to see by far the most QB running heavy attack you would of all the other three options, the three major plus Jabari Johnson as well. By the way, some breaking news here on the podcast. Just checked my Twitter feed and Desiree Reed-Francois has just received a one-year contract extension from Missouri. So you know what? Let's talk about that decision and DRF's short reign here. In Columbia, right after these quick words. Again, Missouri has extended Desiree Reed Francois through one year. Her contract will now run through June of 2028 per Dave Matter of the Post Dispatch. That puts her, well, the, the total is going to put her about middle of the pack among SEC athletic directors and so far in my opinion well that's looking like a bargain so a great a great decision here by Missouri obviously the the hiring of Dennis Gates that's number one so far and through through just one season of course and well a bit of an off season you know, the Gates hire couldn't look better. You know, maybe we'll look back in a few years and think a little bit differently out of it. Certainly, we'll know for sure, I think, in three, four years how good of a hire this really was. But so far, it's an A, no question about that. But then notably, I would say the second thing about Reed Francois' reign so far, the fan experience at Missouri has been noticeably different. And all of it has been a positive from my from my perspective. What I notice is that she's really listening to complaints from the fans and actually taking action and making things better. And finally, the other really big success for Desiree Reed-Francois is that this season the students at both Missouri basketball and football games were back this year in a big-time way. And this just the second year with full crowd since COVID – And this year was just noticeably different from last season. And it wasn't all about the results either. Now, sure, obviously, the Hoops team had a surprisingly good season, and that helped massively during the SEC season. No question about that. But the pre-Kansas non-conference schedule, the students showed up in a much, much bigger way than the townies did, then the alumni did, and they showed up for football, too, they being the students, despite what was definitely an up-and-down campaign. Now, at this point, if we just keep improving the results on the field and on the court, things should really take off. I, just, I don't know what else you could really ask for other than, obviously, the ultimate thing, which is wins and losses on the field and on the court. I just think it's really impressive how in less than two years, I believe, she's really put her mark on the athletic department, a well, well-deserved raise and extension from my perspective. And you know what? Worst-case scenario for football this year, say, say we just totally suck and Eli Drinkwitz is fired. Well, at least I have the confidence that we have, a, that we have somebody in Desiree Reed-Francois who has really, really good judgment on this type of thing. She may not be a football genius per se, but she certainly understands football and just broader sports in general. And I think customer service, people, and leadership, all this different stuff that is actually more important in terms of what her job is than X's and O's. Again, when I said I don't think she's a football genius, that wasn't supposed to be an insult, folks. That's just pointing out that, yeah, Eli Drinkwitz probably knows more about football than she does. But I think she knows a lot about other things that are important. Again, leadership, people skills, customer service, all this kind of stuff. And well, I think she knows a little something about winning as well. So far, so good. And again, even worst case scenario, if we have to move on from Drinkwitz after this football campaign, well, at this point, I have a lot of confidence in DRF to pick the right man for the job. And you know what? Thanks for choosing me as the right man to lead you through your podcast day-to-day. I really appreciate it. As always, thanks for making Locked On, Missouri your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out the brand-new Locked On College Basketball. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, everything you need to know this offseason from big-name coaches experts players all kinds of great guests throughout the landscape it's locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts so until next time i'm john miller and thanks for listening to locked on mizzou